the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. This is the uh, episode, and when we talk about dogs, no, no, seriously, we have lots of, there's like so many soccer stuff going around the world. I'll, I'll put um, the uh, puppy content on the Patreon for you. That's Patreon right. We got puppy content. Yeah. Um, we officially, the, the Minnesota Football Show has an official uh, mascot. Mm-hmm. Um, we finally, we finally broke into that level of Patreon content. <laughs> um, but no, um, it's, there's so much things going on, you know, you know, there's people preparing for World Cup qualifications in March. There's this, there's the World Cup of clubs finals. There's, I mean, you know, we got MLS season, we weeks. got a stream, right? MLS in two weeks. We all could be in a stadium by the end of this month. Hopefully not in um, negative 50 below weather, but who knows? Uh, regardless, you know, it's it's happening and it's here. Likely no mask mandate. Yeah. Preseason kicks off in two hours. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Two hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How, how's everybody feeling? Bridget, Rodrigo, you guys doing all right? Um, another yeah, week. another week, another another paycheck. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Overall, I mean, at least I'm not chipping ice, so I'm good. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I was doing that. Yeah, pretty far actually. I like I like how my computer just waited until after it had crashed to tell me that there is an OS update available. Mm. That's that's great. Perfect. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, doing, doing great here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, well let's let's just dive into things here i'm I'm actually gonna be quiet and i'll let you guys kind of take this because uh minnesota aurora fc was basically daily dropping signings and at some point i just simply couldn't keep up um let's start with sarah fuller that one got maybe the the biggest news uh goalkeeper coming from where's she actually coming from I can't remember. Uh, she's from Texas, but like I think she went to Vanderbilt. She Vanderbilt she, is where she did well, the the soccer the football, right? I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She was at Vanderbilt, and that's um, the football team that she ended up kicking for this year. She was at University of Texas in there a you go. master's program, I believe. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So that one got the press because a lot of us, I think we even mentioned it on this program whenever that was a year, two years, a year ago, two years ago, uh, where she came in as a substitute for hand egg version of football for their football team and became the first woman player ever to score points for a, what do they, they call it? Power five football conference thing. I forget how the, the college football conference those, things were. One of those yeah. big conference deals. Yeah. But, but got a, you know, her, she got a kind of car for her name in history in that way, which is pretty cool. Exactly. Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll throw it to you. If there's any more you want to say on, on her and take it from there. I mean, she's she's really excited to come here. All the interviews so far that she has done, um, you know, she's talked about how 
kicking for Van Vanderbilt that one game kind of got her this opportunity because it got her name out there. Um, she is, of course, constantly asked if she'll try out for the Vikings, especially with uh, since they'll be playing in the Vikings training facility. Um, but she's just thankful that she gets to play soccer for another year and she's excited to do it here and, and in these facilities. Um, but yeah, I mean, it gets a lot of press because one, it's she's the first signing for the club. So that's big anyway. Um, and then it's Sarah Fuller, which, you know, the whole whole nation knows of her, if not uh, more detail about her. So everyone's heard her name the last couple of years. Um, so it's gotten a lot of feedback from uh, ESPN and all the national platforms that made uh, big waves. So um, it puts Aurora on the map in you know, a league that people hadn't really heard about. People didn't know about outside of this soccer community, didn't know anything about USL, let alone this new USW, USLW league. Um, so it's it's huge for the league. It's huge for the club. Um, it did kind of start a concern that you know they'd be signing too many people from outside of the area, uh, which they quickly rectified. Uh, so she was announced on Monday. On Tuesday, they announced uh, Yewa Crystal, and she's forward out of Michigan. Um, she kind of has Minnesota ties. She's actually, she was accepted at the U of M dentistry school. So she was coming here anyway um, cool. and was really excited to get to play for another year. Uh, so she was the second. And then we get into some locals, uh, Kenzie Langdock, who's from St. Michael. She played for the Gophers. Uh, she, this past season was her fifth year. Um, came to play for Aaron Chastain. Uh, she says she wasn't ready to retire, so she's she's excited to play again. She's defender. I think we talked about her goals uh, for the Gophers. Yeah, I remember that. At some point. Um, not this past season, but maybe it was this past season. Can strike the ball really well from far distance. I, I was yeah. In, yeah. So yeah. If if you ever get a golasso out of like you know, it's like. It's like the Christian Roldan's goals, and you see them right like with top of the 20 box from an angle, and all of a sudden, boom, it goes in. You're like, wow. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's she's, great. She's a box to box defender, and she'll she'll find those opportunities. So that's, that's a strong start already with three players. Um, number four is, and I'm going through the list that also has all of Morn Turner is number four. Uh, forward came out of Maple Grove, um, plays for DePaul. So she's says here multiple all Big East and all regional selections. Um, fourth leading scorer in the DePaul program with 31 goals, which is huge. Uh, mm. Really solid player there. So yeah. that Thunder Academy. Yep, alum. I was going to say Thunder Academy. Two forwards. Does that mean we're gonna play a four-four-two? That's just my joke. So you know, I, <laughs> I get a hard time because every time there's more than one forward, people say Rodrigo's Rodrigo wants to wish some team plays four-four-two. I'll say, yeah, yeah I do. We can, we can dream. We can dream. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised actually. I don't know. I think and, I. And, and, although you don't really need to when you have a defender, <laughs> like they can all play a striker. Yeah. Um, 
So you don't need to throw everyone forward in the same way, but. Uh, and then number five, also a Minnesota Thunder Academy alum and Minnetonka alum, uh, Jelena Biljic. And I'm. Yeah, just murder the last name. It's okay. So, uh, but she comes from University of Illinois, Chicago. Uh, so first, first player out of that league, um, Horizon League, but uh, more local ties. Um, I know that the the Thunder community and uh, Minnesota United and and all of those local clubs are really excited uh, to have representation there. Right. Yeah. So three players out of five with like tight lifelong connections to the soccer community, uh, plus two names who are just big, uh, you know, in in their areas, and um, it really brings brings a lot to the team. And every single one of them have been uh, coaches are saying they're they're great additions on the pitch, but they're also going to be just as huge off the pitch. So expect a lot of you know. A lot of growth and excitement around the club. Yeah. yeah, while also being a woman of color, out of those, yeah. so pretty good too. I can't wait to like the the well, what's the uh, supporter group? Is it the Revontulette? Yeah, right. yeah. I can't wait till they start making Yewa um, uh, chants uh, and then try to introduce teeth and dentistry into the whole thing like you know she's gonna knock <laughs> your teeth out right or something like that you know or knock them out already that are that are pretty good so knock so, them out yeah. put them back in <laughs> <laughs> right 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 for the right price right that'd be, like, that'd be great i mean it, it, it would be awesome if she would like 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 you know aurora does like uh I don't know, like a teeth health screening in one of these one of the get home games, right? That, like yeah. to be able to do stuff like that and just partner up and just you know. I mean, do... it's it's funny because like TCO is is pretty closely related with like the U of M and U of M Med School, right? That. So um, you'll see a lot of the same people. Uh, their their team doc is actually TCO and yeah. U of M. So. Yeah, I I already have thoughts of uh, chance when. Uh, Fuller is about to kick the ball. You want to, you know, let the chant, you know, but we'll see how that goes or how they rails. Oh, if it gets me banned somehow for, for, for trying things, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, these are all exciting, exciting uh, picks. I think they're uh, in signings. I think they're they're great. It's a great first start. We'll see how that work. See how that goes. And you know, um, I just can't wait to to get to TCO and just be able to figure that out. So yeah, and yeah, watch them all play. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, I'm hoping. How was the roster? Be there too. Yeah, the puppy's gonna be there. Right? <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, Elisa. Elisa's a huge dog lover, so I. There's going to be something that has to do with dogs. So he's gonna follow. Right. Yeah, and if and if Mister, um, what's the dog's name again, Eric? Is it Bigos or Bigotes? Bigotes. Yeah. Or Mister Bigotes. Bigotes. Mm-hmm. Either one, in Spanish. Biscocho. We'll call him Biscocho. There you go. Biscocho. <laughs> <laughs> he just did a really good job. He just, he just, he just did his, did his thing right where he was supposed to on the puppy pet. So, he got a nice yeah. little treat. He's, he's doing really well. Yeah. yeah. No, they're, they're very intelligent people. You know, I wish mm-hmm. I could, I could do the same. So. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, just they're have many, someone and, give you a treat. That's right. <laughs> Just thinking of the the intoxicated nights I've probably actually been with Rodrigo, where we definitely didn't hit the right spot. <laughs> Wish we would have had a puppy pad. 
good stuff. You know what? There's the name right there of the episode. Uh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Let's go to uh, NWSL then. We'll stick with women's football here. Uh, we have the third annual Challenge Cup getting ready to kick off here shortly, uh, the end of March. It's going to run from March 28th to May 7th. Got things organized. A l- this, this is the first time they broke it up into three, I think, right? Could be. Yeah. So we've got the East Division with the Spirits, Gotham FC, Courage, and the Pride. Central's got the Chicago Red Stars, the Dash, Louisville, uh, Casey Current. New team, or new team name at least. Uh, the West, you've got Portland, Thorns, Olympic Rain, the new team, San Diego Wave, and the other new team, uh, Angel City FC. So that'll be interesting. Those are, those are really hard to call with those like three different brackets to see how that's all going to pan out. Hmm. Any thoughts? I always like these like lineup? open, yeah, I always like these like open, you know, beginning of the season type of tournaments that they do just because you get to see not only the younger players play it, but at the same time, to see who's really gritty, right, at this point. Like, who's going to be there? And this is like, you know, I don't know. There's The Red Stars are in a heap of issues, but we'll see what kind of team shows up. Courage is trying to do things. Orlando Pride, I have no idea what's going to happen with the I, Orlando you know, Pride. I, this is going to be interesting just because of the amount of movement between all of these teams in the last few months um, and all the... The, uh, the other BS that's gone on behind the scenes, but just just in terms of on the pitch, it'll be interesting to see um, how they kind of put themselves back together. Uh, see if Orlando can actually, you know, build up eleven players uh, to field the team and see how they do with the with those <laughs> players. Just let Marta <laughs> run out there and just play everything. <laughs> Here, just take the ball. <laughs> Go for it. Just run. Has, Just run. Has has Marta signed? I I must have missed that news. Is she I, still on the team? I, I want to say yes, but maybe maybe I'm not sure now. I, I don't know, know her name popped up the other day, but with all of the other stuff happening, it kind of got buried. So let me let me see if I can find anything recent. I mean, if you if you look at it, the East is probably like a really tough bracket. I mean, you got the Spirit, you got Gotham, and you got Courage, depending on. Which courage team shows up? Orlando's in in a heart, and you know it's not in the easiest place. I mean, Central's okay. I mean, you got the Red Stars, the Dash, you know, Racing Louisville that actually you know played decently at times, and Casey Current, who we'll see how that works out, right? And then you got the West with the Thor and the Rain, and that's literally in two new teams, and that's literally it. So we'll see how that works out, but never count out the new teams. She has signed February 17th. She reached uh, terms with the new contract, one year deal with the option for an additional season. There you go. That's crazy. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll see Marta in goal. Marta will play everything. <laughs> this, this quote's interesting uh, from the, the executive vice president of the club. The decision to restructure and extend our existing contract with Marta represents our, her importance to our organization and our commitment to maintain top global talent here in Orlando, as well as in the NWSL, as much as it demonstrates our commitment to keep and to, sorry, to commitment to bring and retain players who have a meaningful impact. Huh. So they've kept one player. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if the subtext there is 
play for a year and you're guaranteed to stick around and coach and recruit or something like that. Yes, probably. Mar- Marta is going to be one of those those type of players that never stops playing. Like, she'll go to I mean, another league or she'll go yeah. somewhere else or do something else. I think she'll, she'll you know, be the journeyman who just kind right. of goes wherever. She'll start as a you know she'll be a she'll be the striker right. She's a ten now. She'll be a six. So she doesn't have to move so much. I mean like. <laughs> You think about her compatriot Formiga. I mean, she retired yeah. at what? She was forty-four, mm-hmm. five, something like that. I can't remember. I mean, so I knows. think I think Marta can do whatever she wants. I want to I want to do an Orlando parody commercial, and we're like Marta is wearing the Orlando kit, and then we see her like in all the different positions, right? Mm-hmm. Playing all the positions, and we're like you know, and then we're gonna be like Orlando Army of One type of thing, right? You know. Well, as long as we're NWSL Jason here, Bridget, I'll give you the honors. Uh, we have. The news we've all been waiting for out of Washington Spirit. So take it away. Steve sold the team. Um, he, so as we talked about uh, last week, week before, um, the board had agreed to give uh, more ownership interest to Michelle King, but it was, still wasn't like a done deal. He was still a part of the club and still. Uh, apparently hoping to, you know, stick around and, and keep his hand in, in the, the day-to-day business. Um, but he has basically folded. And uh, if you read his statement, it sounds as if he's, he's making this choice to, you know, do what's best for the club and, you know, I'll do, do you this favor and sell you the team um, and let you, you know, take it on. Um when really we all know everything that's kind of gone into this and uh, the decision was kind of made for him in a sense. So, um, but he's finally gone and they're able to kind of rebuild and move on from, you know, the trauma for the players, for uh, people within the organization um, and especially for the fans. So. Yeah. It really does feel like that hurdle finally cleared and, and now we can like turn the page and get to work type yeah. of thing i think i think a lot of weight has been lifted exactly, exactly. can we have like a, a burning of a you know like it's tradition like in in south america when like something like you know in order to you have to cleanse can we just make like a doll out of steve and just burn it and have like a public burning of the bell you know you know what like, 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 like yeah like in carnival <laughs> like we burn things you know we make Make muñecos, then we just burn yeah. them. I think. Yeah. I think we should. Yeah. I, I totally take look on that. Yeah. Nice. Or or burn all the banners that say "Sell the Team, Steve." Actually, those will probably those are museum quality. Yeah, that's what I was gonna I, say. I was thinking more into like on the, the Candomblé Santeria angle, but then if you do that, usually somebody gets a heart attack or goes up in flames themselves. So we pro- probably want to be careful which which versions, which magic we're yeah. messing with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm okay. Like if people start burning things that he touched or sat on, like his chair, boom, so it in the bonfire, right? You know? His entire office is being... Just, just, just can it, right? Just throw it out, make a big old firewood, right? Yeah. No. Uh, let's let's switch to Minnesota United. Uh, Rodrigo, I'll throw to you. Sugar Ray, this happened shortly after we got done recording last week. In fact, but we got to confirm. So as it always happens, two hours yep. after we finish a show. Tradition. <laughs> they just wait for us. It's total. That's all they do. That's seriously, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Go ahead, take it away. We just want to fly higher, 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 higher in the sky. Oh, arms yes. Arms around um, me, baby. Put Mr., your arms um, around me, baby. Mr. Uh, Totina Amarilla is officially signed and coming back with the Minnesota United. Matter of fact, the last show, I, I pointed out that there is a Instagram post from like Ray Reynoso being in, in, in Buenos Aires. And then Totina Amarilla was also posting that he was in Buenos Aires. And then eventually they had a meeting. And so there's a picture of them together saying that the band is back. And I was like, well, there you go. How many kilos of mate went down between those two? I don't know. <laughs> like a, an entire tree, right? Right. <laughs> Their manager you know, was too. They were they were all hanging out. I'm sure it was uh I'm sure it was a late night. Right. I'm pretty sure it was one of those be like Reynoso's like Hey, we're close to my neighborhood. Come over to my neighborhood. Let's go to a party. It's like on their way over there. He's like, he's like, look, I want you to hold this paper bag, but don't look into it. Whatever you do, Oof. don't look into the paper bag. Ouch. Right. Just, low, we're just gonna hang well out. I'm a, I'm gonna, well played. I'm, it's like you, you're gonna, you're gonna keep the car running, right? You're gonna stay in the car. Just gonna wait for me. It's gonna be 10, 15 minutes. I'll be right back. Maybe, maybe those weren't kilos of mate. Maybe it was kilos of something else. <laughs> it's kilo mate. Yeah, no, no, and all, and all fun. I'm, I'm really excited for this. It's mate. Yeah. Anyone it's mate. Asks, it's there mate. you go. <laughs> oh man. I, I think the I, I think for me, like, and I and I wanted to ask you guys because I, I try to get into a conversation with some other uh soccer pundits about this, but um I didn't get addressed. To to you, what is the what what's going to be more likely? Uh Amarilla outscoring Unu or Unu outscoring Amarilla? That's a good question. If, if Amaria is playing the same way he did in the, what, two games that we saw of him, right? Uh, I think it'll be him. I mean, Unu had, had his moments, uh, but he re- he's so dependent on everyone behind him mm-hmm. to get those chances, and Amaria is an improvement on that. Amaria and also only played those two matches together, right? Yeah, I think if it if it starts getting going with those two, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do the same. I'll say I'm Maria. Yeah, they had, they had more chemistry in those two games than Ray and Unu did. I mean, right. they didn't really get to play together all that much either because one of them was typically out. But um, yeah, I'm I'm going with Luis. And he gets a nice fat DP salary this time around too. Do we know how much that that is a price tag there? I know it's. Significantly more than last time, right? I think it was like close to two. Okay, probably they haven't yeah. put out the full release. But yet. I mean, everyone freaks out about DPS, right? Like we give DP DP slots, and like, and I'm I'm okay. I mean, my main thing is like get the player that you need over here. If you need to give him a DP slot, that's fine. You can always either buy it down, or or we can just do what Inter Miami does, right? We just buy DPs from from all the other teams or all the game and tan we have. I'm sure FC Cincinnati will give us a few. I mean I'm sure Inter Miami will send more players into their uh, MLS well, two teams. They'll need some of they'll need some of them to go somewhere anyway, you know, to, <laughs> their quota line. I I mean as long as you're playing them, like if giving yeah. them a DP egg means that you're actually going to put him on the field, fine. 
pay him whatever you want as Which... long as you are putting him on the field and in a position to earn the money that you are throwing at him. I think this is an incredibly important point, particularly regarding this team we know as Minnesota United that likes to spend lots of money and then. Yay, you know, we got the, on the first bench. young DP ever. We're going to loan them to Liverpool. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Or, or guess what? You're, you're benched for the next half of the season. I don't want to go down that road. It's just darkness. Yeah, just don't. <laughs> don't don't, don't yeah. make me cry okay. anymore. I know. So, I know. Long story oh, short, pay him whatever you want. Him but play him <laughs> play him exactly this, yep. this there, here's some light instead of darkness this is a rumor uh mr west and i were, were discussing this um so there is a defender named otavio from flamengo that apparently minnesota united is targeting um he he's only been a pro for a couple years i think he got most of his runouts last year um i, I can't remember if he played any libertadores I, I think he did actually maybe as a substitute so i mean you're coming with one of the best teams in all of South America with some Libertadores experience and the icing on top or the sprinkles on top of the icing is he's 19, 19. That makes me very, very happy if this happens to be true. So but what do you do with him? Though? I mean, I think, I think at 19, what are you going how, to do? How long with is, him? how long is Boxel going to be around? Boxel's dance card has got to be pretty thin right now he's running right out. so it's no like i get that he gets I get to be that the part. deputy and then get it get his runs out uh I, I don't know if he plays fullback at all but maybe that's an option too but it just it, it'd just be good to have him and, and know that the plan for like maybe the next year or in two years even that's just his spot okay so let me, yes. let me let me let me put a scenario to you and then you tell me what how how brazilian media would would, would react to this oh you you already know the answer before you ask that question he he comes (laughs) over and then he plays uh emma and united two for most of the season what do you think that's going to be yeah i mean you already know the answer to that um that'll be tough for the media for sure um so i don't know that that's a very good question but yeah they're they're gonna absolutely destroy the team if if that's the case anything if anything is like like I'm excited that we're looking into that, but I just, with this track record of young folks, I just don't see how, I just don't see how he gets major playing time unless he's playing somewhere else, you know. Mm-hmm. And we don't loan out players anymore. We we have a MSUFC two that eventually will get a league started and play probably, I don't know eight games. I have no idea. And then that's probably where he's going to be fit in, which is great if that's what the agreement is. But I just don't know if that's what no. the agreement is. And it's, I mean, we're going to see them looking at more of those players anyway, because right now the plan is for Dotson to basically be the starter in midfield in place of Gregush or Alonzo. I don't know which role he'll play, but he's going to be in that spot. Um, so that's one less guy that you can draw from um, yeah. in terms of depth and to have a, have a solid defender yep. who you can, who you can replace uh Say Boxy's injured or on international duty, Matinere international duty. Right. Uh, and Dibasi, how how old is he? He's 30 something too, right? Yeah. 30 something also, I mean. Yeah. Early 30s, about the same age as Boxy, I think. So there again, just if, if he's flexible in that respect, it, it'd be it'd be good to have him, I think. We'll see. It's all rumor. Who knows? Who knows? But you know, I I, I like the uh I like the vision. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I think it's like you said, it's a good idea. <laughs> I like, I like the, I like the game plan. Just like the game plan. Just don't know um, too much about the execution. 
yeah rodrigo I'll, I'll give this one to you we've got the we've got the stuff starting on in a couple hours as, as bridget said. actually bridget whoever wants it you guys can talk a little bit about the portland tournament if you want we, we covered it a little bit we will get the uh, roberto on here at some point he's actually going to be at the match today i believe and i think he's going to another one as well so we'll get his first uh first hand account of what he's seeing down there but anything for you guys do you want to add for the tournament starting um I'm always looking for who the trial is, but overall, I hope we. I'm just excited to watch a feed. I think did we watch a feed last year? I don't think so, right? I don't think so. So this will be nice to be able to get some some feed, and to be able to watch it. So that's that's great that they're doing that. Unfortunately, I really wanted to watch that Viking game. So. That's yeah. It sucks that it's just the two games and not all three, but. Um... Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with that Viking match. I hope yeah, I hope Freddie gets to start. <laughs> I want Freddie to start because his birthday was like yesterday, I think. So like give the boy a present and put him in the goal and see what he can do. And yeah, uh Bongi's there. He is. Oh, that's right. Okay. Totally, that that yes. was questionable, right? We didn't know. No, yeah, uh, Minnesota know. United. Yeah, they, they tweeted. There, so if you haven't looked already, go to their Twitter or Facebook, whatever. Um, they tweeted a picture of him on the plane when he was coming to the States. Uh, and we weren't sure if he was going to Minnesota, like to go to the FO offices and do the paperwork, uh, or if he was joining up with the team in Portland. But they then posted a picture uh, late last night, or early this morning, with him wearing a loons mask. Uh, and sitting in like the hotel lobby or something. Um, Sweet. And, so uh, social media is just going to be on fire with all the South Africans. Oh, like, it is. Immediately. Yeah. So the Love picture, it. a picture of him is like in a jacket with like a hat, because you know this wet Portland weather right now is super cold for for someone who is not used to, who who's in the wrong side of the equator, right? Um, um, but the 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 social media actually did a good job with the post. It says. Bongi took this photo back in 2006, knowing he would one day be in Portland on February 12, 2022. <laughs> he also took this pic by himself. <laughs> so I'm glad that they're rolling with it because, you know, social media, because like people were doing, you know, parody stuff of like all the pictures. Yeah, that post went up actually last night, but they timed it. So it was like early morning in South Africa. And awesome. someone pointed that out in the comments, like, nice timing, admin. Like, we woke up and checked your phones, and there it is. Thank you. And they're like, oh, weird. Funny how that worked. Okay. <laughs> that's that's going to be a fun ride, just just that. Yeah. I mean, if he plays for, like, five minutes, it'll still be amazing. Um, well, I mean, he he has the right ability, right. too, I think. So, I mean, rumors are that Amarillo is going to get some playing time, too. So, this is, the, this, is one, this is what you want to do, is you want to be able to see where people are at. You gauge people. The score doesn't really matter. Um, you know, you're looking to to see what you have coming out of your squad and also to determine who is going to be on that MNUFC two squad, right? So because you have to fill two squads now. So I think that's the interesting I you know, trial is always going to be the thing. Um, I hope someone has a sign that says announce trialist, right? And, and so hopefully we'll see what what if any signage gets gets the TV time. We we sure. had many recommendations for Rob, most of which would probably get him kicked out of the stadium. But they were well, pretty I mean, awesome. I think announced trialist would be would be the good one. 
that will get you. Um, let's let's jump to uh, let's jump to MLS because there's some pretty big moves here as well. Uh, big names: Shakiri to the Chicago Fire, the the box man, <laughs> famed career uh, in in Europe for the, the uh, Swiss national team. The abs, yep. But he just looks like the SpongeBob. Like I think the Men in Blazers guy called him Sp- SpongeBob Shakiri pants or something like that. Yep. And I mean, he's he's been quite the force, especially for that national team. Um, things, you know, have kind of wavered in now his 30s where he's at. He wasn't able to really do a lot at Liverpool last time, Bridget. He was kind of a super sub-ish, but even then wasn't so super, just yeah. a sub. <laughs> I mean, he didn't he doesn't have the the certain style of play to really his abilities just didn't quite fit. I think it was still mm-hmm. good for him. Well, what do you think about this to to Chicago? Uh, Chicago's not the team I would have expected to get him. Um, but I mean, it, it shows that they're, they're going to go splash some money and really try to rebuild that team. Uh, and at least he won't have Calvo behind him, I guess. Um, so good for them. I mean, it's, you know, they they got rid of, uh, some players who were questionable, um and not so consistent and he's uh i mean he's not the guy who's going to go score a goal like every other game but i think he's a consistent enough player and a veteran presence Mm -hmm. and he it's it's kind of a strange paradox he has the veteran presence but he's also young enough to just you know be the guy who's out there like running around tearing it up on the field so yeah well i, I was just thinking somebody not not afraid to shoot at the very least That's, and then yeah, yeah. that team needs goals <laughs> yes and he'll i think he'll be able to adapt to um to the way that chicago tends to play which mm. i mean they'll, they'll kind of be rebuilding that obviously they're rebuilding the squad and and coaching staff so um i think bringing him in at this stage shows they're going to mix it up a little bit um, and maybe mm-hmm. not play with, you know, the same system that they have for the past few seasons under various coaches. So right. um, I'm, I'm happy for, for Chicago fans. I know quite a few who are finally feeling uh, a little relieved that they're like going out and spending money and yeah, these things happen. So that's, they, they, they had the new coach on, on extra time, Ezra, I can think of his last name right now from the, I want to say he's from the Virgin Islands. Uh, one one of like, the two black or African descendant coaches now in MLS. Yeah. And and he was wonderful. Like just a really, really interesting guy, really interesting interview and worldview. And I, like, I, I just, I was loveless. I loved listening to him talk. Like he was, he's a really smart guy, a really interesting cat. So yeah, uh, yeah like you said, it would be kind of, um, uh, What's the word? Look, looking for some hope, I suppose, in Chicago with these pieces starting to fall together, hopefully for them. Um, let's go to Atlanta. I, I just thought this was amazing because like in, in classic Atlanta United style, we resign our guy from Velez Sarsfield. They're like, ha ha, Atlanta United. We will also sign from Velez Sarsfield. <laughs> classic Boca Negra one up on Minnesota. So they're, they're pulling in uh, Tiago Almada, who is... 20 years old from Velez. He plays for the U20 Argentine team as well as the Olympic squad. Played, I think he's now 20 or 21, so he might he might be out of 20 to the U23s. Uh, 16 million, typical Atlanta money, just 
throwing in the entire bank at them. Um, really talented player, really bright future, more than likely will be on the Argentine regular national team at some point. And as we were talking before we started recording, like they, they've mentioned that he's had some trouble with um, saying racist things. I had no idea there was a sexual assault allegation as well on this particular individual, which leads me to believe MLS, when you're, when you're looking at Argentine players, this should not be the standard. These should not be boxes you're checking. Are they racist? Do they have sexual assault allegations? Yes, we'll take them. That's not how these things should be working. <laughs> uh, what, what else am I going to say to that? I mean, that's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's sad that it's a trend. <laughs> at least we can say that it's you know not just one or two clubs dealing with this. Uh, which speaks to a systemic issue rather than, you know, one FO maybe making questionable decisions. Um, So, yeah. I mean, it's all about the money at the end. That's what it is. You know, it's like it's uh, MLS is a business. In in order to get you the best players or the best results, you need to have players. And if they have a checker pass like that, sometimes you can, sometimes people think they can, they they can overlook that and perhaps correct it in some sort of way. I mean, that's, that's the kind of society that we've been living in, you know, up until like a few years ago, uh, it was always, yep, they, maybe they have a criminal past, maybe they made mistakes, whatever, but hey, like they're a good athlete and they're doing the right thing uh, for the club and they were past that. Uh, so as a society, we kind of looked past all of that for athletes because who cares what they're doing when they're not oh, on the field winning, winning trophies. Um, but also, how hard is it in, in, in the social media age? We've talked about this many times to just do a quick Google search and get ahead of it a little right. bit and like exactly. have the yeah. player say something or the club say something. Right, I mean, right. we can yeah, specifically think- talk about our club that's failed miserably in this, but other, where, other clubs as well. It's just like, right. you know what? They, We're going to find this out. It's not that hard. <laughs> to their credit, to their credit, Atlanta did say, because people are asking them that exact same question, why? Uh, did you not know this? Because it's like recent stuff. It's not like, you know, it was buried in the past and, you know, you have to dig it up and discuss it again. It's like recent, like Argentine fans were just recently talking about this issue um, and are probably happy to see him, uh, you know, leave and and go to a different league. Um, But to their credit, they did say, yes, we've been, you know, pursuing him for a while, we did hear of these allegations and they did see some of this and so they investigated. I don't know what that investigation entailed, if it was just one of those, yes, we talked to the player, um, or if it was like a full scale, uh, you know, get all sides of the story and see what happened. Um, but they knew of it uh, and they said that they weren't going to sign him unless they knew that like, you know, something like that wasn't going to happen again. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a personality trait. It was a one-time deal. Um, but then, of course, we find out that there's more to it, and it's not just sexual assault or harassment allegations um, with racist uh, goal celebrations and things of that nature. Um, which he has now apologized for, like someone asked him, I don't know if it was a club interview, but they, they said like, what do you say to the fans who are, who are wondering about the, 
the things that you've done in the past. And he said it was a learning moment and he didn't know what he was doing. Um, so it's, you know. Yep. It's, it's always a learning moment when you get caught. You know? Exactly. <laughs> Somebody should do a super cut of all the size that we have and we have to cover all the racism and sexism and sexual harassment throughout the football world. It'd be an hour and a half of us just going, ah. ah. And Rodrigo, I feel like I have to apologize, but I kind of set you up for it. So take away Andy Polo. It just like <laughs> goes right off of this. Wow. <laughs> around the league with all yep. the you know, just yep. because I'm Peruvian doesn't mean that I'm supposed to report on all the Peruvian players' mishaps, okay? Like, it's, I don't condone I, I didn't say that. You said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, allegations surfaced of uh, domestic violence issue after um, Andy Polo's, I think they're going through a divorce. So it's ex slash wife still. Went on to a tabloid news show in Peru called Magali, and literally played audio audio in in show pictures of him abusing not only her but his kids. Um, oh no! Mm-hmm. So like, and so like, this this started this like a whole like other investigation. So then like. Portland went in on to like, you know, we are suspending. We've heard the allegations. We are suspending so and so and so. And like more and more information started, you know, if you watch the the Peruvian news and I was watching about this because my dad called me about this too. And I was like, and I was like, I was like, what's going? And I'm like, and I saw it. And unfortunately, I hear the audio and I saw some of the pictures and I was like, I was like, I was like, you know, this is. You know, like if the investigation goes all the way through full, it's just this, this is not looking really good at all for Andy Polo. And then um, Portland made a statement saying that they've terminated his contract because, get this part, in early May of last year, there was an altercation of domestic disturbance at the place that he's staying in, in Portland. Uh, the sheriffs went out that way. But guess who also was part of, who also was there? Members of the Portland staff also showed up. And so, and so eventually what happened is the sheriff ended up giving a citation of harassment to Andy Polo. Uh, but this, um, this, you know, proves a, a, a pattern in a sense, right? and uh, of, of this domestic disturbance and all the different things. But the fact is that it was May and, and Portland folks and Portland supporters are like upset to the fact that they never owned up to having staff there and what the reason the right. staff was there until now. Completely enabling them essentially. Protecting right. Them. And yeah. so that's the thing. And, and, and you know what? Like, you know, I've, I've, I like Andy Polo as a player, right? And I think, but he's never been you know, um, a starter in a sense, right? He's always been a supporter or like a bench player and same with, with the Peruvian national team. Um, and he has his moments, but he's, he's not consistent enough at that, you know? And I think he's also had one of the most horrific injuries we've seen in like over a year. I mean, that's the reason he wasn't been playing because he's been rehabbing, but you know, if all this plays out, cause now, now, now he's, um, now um, his ex-wife or wife has filed in court, and so this is going to 
going to a much deeper hole. And rumors are that um, Polo already has a significant other here in the United States. And so, like, this is going to, if not get uglier, it's going to get out bad, right? And I think that's why, like, people are asking why, you know, Portland's doing this. So the office is like, you don't, you don't terminate someone's contract without merit, right? And I'm pretty sure that they know more than we do about what's happening and oh. what's going on. And so I that's mean, why they decided. It shows that there's a pattern of abuse with him. It also shows that there's a pattern of not uh, addressing this with the club. Right. Uh, and they, they said in that statement, we regret not suspending him at that time and investigating, but we thought it was a one-time thing. So where exactly do we draw this? Oh, you only did it one time. Okay, fine. Whatever. We'll ignore it. Uh, so frustrating. And, and with everything else that's gone in with, within that club, I mean, this is the uh, seeing some of the the tweets from that supporters base uh, this morning with with a game coming up today, mm -hmm. uh, a preseason game. There are quite a few people who are already. Uh, if they hadn't already canceled their season tickets because of everything else that we've been talking about for the last year and a half, two years, mm -hmm. um, this is kind of that last straw where it's like, okay, you obviously we're not we're not rebuilding the trust um, because exactly. these issues are so much deeper than we actually thought they mm -hmm. were. Um, I know quite a few people who aren't aren't going who were excited to go to the preseason games. Um, and show support for the players, uh, you know, even despite the FO. But but today, they a few have said they just can't, like, they can't get excited for anything having to do with this club. They don't want to, you know, sure. be in the yeah, stadium supporting this club. Right. Uh, and it's it's huge. It You know, they just, the whole was fairly deep already and they just keep digging it deeper exactly and yeah at the same time that they're trying to rebuild um rebuild that trust and and you know make things yep uh, happen but so, what yeah, do we so say that they, they would fly the the pink smoke for the entire entire match just non-stop pink smoke yeah probably probably i mean the, the thing the thing is too is like i had a conversation on twitter with diego uh Montalban, who's the you know my preferred, and then like it was a conversation. It's like these allegations don't look great. It's like, regardless, like exactly what what Bridget was saying. Regardless of what it is, Portland has already been in a big deep hole from what was going on with 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 the, the Thorns, and now there's a movement of like we had sell the sell sell the team, Steve. We have now sell the team, and I forget what the owner, the current manager owner or the Portland uh, thing. Merit. Yeah, merit. so team merit is, is, is something that's being interrupted because this is not only happened within the same tenure aspect of what was going on with, with, with the Thorns, is this, you know, this is systemic in a sense. And so, like, I mean, saying it only happened one time, it's one thing if you only say that one time. But now, if there's so that's one player, what two coaches, a couple FO people um at at the other end of these allegations if you're saying it's only one time for a handful of people and not just one time i don't know how you don't how some 
something clicks cognitively to be like, okay, maybe this is a problem. Like maybe it's not normal to have, you know, one incident from everyone in your office uh, that you try to just brush under the rug. I mean, if it's right. one person out of 10, fine. If it's five people out of 10, it's a whole different situation. And, and they can't keep pretending that they didn't think this was an issue. Uh, they've admitted, you know, previously they had claimed that they didn't know anything had happened despite being told otherwise. And now they just claim that, yeah, we knew about it, but like, eh, was it really that bad? Like we didn't know all sides. Uh, and, and Polo is speaking out now saying, well, that TV show didn't contact me for my side of the story. Your side of the story has been playing for this whole time. So like, I, I don't understand. And that's, yeah, it's just one the, more the, thing for the Timbers and that entire organization to have to deal with. And, yep. and the supporters are going to hold them to account for that. I know there's already oh, yeah, some, some joint letters and statements going out to the entire ownership. Um, it's it's going to be something to follow. It, and it kind of casts a big shadow over what should be uh, an exciting start to the season for them. Right. And I, and I think that's the, the, the thing too that with me is like just because it happened once is because it was reported doesn't mean it's, it's not been happening at all, right? It's like there's a and, saying that if you hear about it once, it happened like 10 times, right? Exactly. And so the thing too is like what was the reasoning to have Portland staff at, at, this, at this situation, right? Like that does not make sense to. To anyone, unless he, unless you unless it's a correlation between understanding that there's ongoing behavior or thinking there's that he, in order to do that. So, to my understanding, he called them when the police showed up. Yeah, I think you needed a translator or something. I think that's what it was. That could be, yeah. But regardless of that, I mean, yeah, I it's just it's just you know, this organization keeps digging a deeper and deeper hole, and I don't know where it's going to be and Andy Polo can say whatever he's, he, can, he wants to say and that's fine but it's very hard to dispute what, what's been put out there already so and this goes into litigation who knows like people are asking is he going to play somewhere else in the email like, no one's going to touch this guy and no one should touch this guy <laughs> until 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 it goes to the whole legal system and figure things out but like no one should and even after that I just don't think is anything you know if the mls has learned anything um it should be that right i mean but anyway we'll follow this for sure because obviously this is this is far this from is ongoing, yeah. and i can't wait to see what the uh the timbers army and and uh, the rest of the crew out right. there they start to do because like bridget said they they're, they're mean, gonna they're fighters they're gonna fight all this it's, yeah, it's, gonna mean, go, it's gonna go beyond the uh in-stadium purchase boycott which right you know, had been ongoing and and probably far beyond the pink smoke, um, right. you know, in whatever minute of the match that was. I can't yeah, wait till they uh, start egging uh, owners' as cars in pink or just, you know, glitter bump pink, pink properties. They might be lucky to be egged. We'll see. <laughs> just wait. I mean, it's going to be like uh, when Steve would show up at the at the Spirit Games and walk around and take pictures with fans um, in the stands, like right in front of the the banner that says "Sell the Team, Steve." Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see if uh, Merritt Paulson shows his face after this because he, I mean, the last the last few incidents 
um, he was still going out and, you know, business as, as usual. So be interesting yeah. to see. Where, it's where... stuff like that to just like, I mean, can you imagine being a rich white man? It's just like a whole nother universe <laughs> and that having zero self-awareness. You know, people always like talk about this and there's, and I'm like, Eddie Murphy did a skit like in the seventies or early eighties. And when yeah. she like dressed as a white man and things happen when old people, and this is exactly what I, it's, yeah. it's, 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 yeah. it holds yep. back. It's like, I want to do the same thing. I want to dress as a white man and go into a bank and get a loan for no collateral type of thing. You know, like, Oh, that's, um, Oh, what's the HBO show. It's, it's, I read the book first, Lovecraft country. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. The book is great. The show is great too. And there's a whole theme on this as well. That's, that's really well done. Anyway, I don't want to get too sidetracked uh, to close it out with a little bit of personal vindication. Um, I don't know if you all remember, but mm, two, three months ago, maybe it was. It was, it was last year. It had to have been because Moreziladon closed out. We learned that for the first time in a very long time, legendary club Gremio was going to be relegated to Serie B. They are relegated to Serie B, so they're going to be starting there. And I made the comment, Minnesota United should start looking at players that want to jump ship <laughs> as, right now as Gremio starts to – it goes down. Like they're inevitably getting relegated. They did not listen to me, which is par for the course. That's the way things work. LA Galaxy, on the other hand, absolutely did. So thank you, whoever is recruiting in, in LA Galaxy, because they picked up uh, Douglas Costa, who, again, was on that relegated team, but previously has played. He started his career at Gremio, in fact, and he played at Juventus. He most recently played at Bayern. He's 30-something, 31 so his Celestone days are over. He did play for a little bit. I think he played on the 2002, maybe six team. I can't remember which one, somewhere around there. So he's not going to be, he's, his national day teams are, days are far from over. However, he's still got some good legs. He'll still be a good addition. And Minnesota United could have made this happen. I'm saying there are other Gremio players that probably want out of that place right about now. And you got to lock it up. Rodrigo. In that uh, same notion, you also have to talk about uh, Seca, right, or Zika, uh, who was picked up by um, by Houston, the Houston, the Houston Dynamo, uh, and he was from um, Vasco da Gama, right? And I think there's a there's a trend of of picking up where other folks kind of left off, and I mean, there's there's just so many transfer news. Like, Caden Clark is back. Right, like, like, you're like, holy cow! He's like, you went to RB Lisbon. Oh no, now they're loaning him back to 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 Red Bull. So we get to see Caden again. I mean, Sebastian Blanco. This is an important thing. He signed again, so now Mm -hmm. Portland. I mean, if you really think about it, you know, um, the one that was really interesting for me was uh, uh, Hollingshead and Marco Marco Farfan. They intertrade between LAFC and FC Dallas. That one was weird. Yeah. (laughs) don't get that he's like i gave you him you give me this guy and i was like all there, right there's this super cool video that I, I i put up on the ig of of costa and and chicharito meeting for the first time and i'm just yeah like, i saw oh, that man yeah. if, if those two start to click that could be that could be really fun to watch <laughs> and a nightmare for minnesota <laughs> yeah uh caden cowell also signed an extension with the quakes mm. so we'll be seeing a lot more of him i think that's like a three or four year deal so they're right. going they're going all in on that kid i mean there and then go. the sounders you know got their backbone back together they signed an extension so uh ruidias joe paulo and Sevilla reaga 
are I've signed extensions. So that's looking like the Sounders are trying to do things. I think the funny the funny rumors were the um the DC United trying to sign Carlos Tevez, right? And I don't know oh, how Oh yeah, far, I did hear about that. I don't know how far that got into it, but like how would how how hilarious would it be that oh, Apache man. Could be phenomenal. DC, right? <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't play that much. He'd play like maybe like a super sub or something like that. Isn't he like 36, 7? He's like he's like 65. He's in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's got he's Love he's it. on that age. He he has his uh metro <laughs> mobility picks him up when he's ever from yeah, 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 yeah. I but mean, he can man, still scrap. I mean, you yeah, don't want to scrap I'm with sure. that guy. That that man will fight. <laughs> exactly. It's like I would love to see him come in like in the 70th minute on set pieces and just like elbow someone in the face. Exactly. And get the whole get the goal it. at the same time. He gets the red, he gets the goal. No, he gets a goal and then he gets the red. And so the goal counts, and then that's 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 the way that DC United ends up making the playoffs this year. Um I love it for it. narrative. I'd love yeah, it. Yeah, I, I I think that's that's really interesting. You know, there's uh, just so many things that are going on with the timeline closing into we being able to play. Um, but just just overall, you know, um, it's gonna be interesting. Who knows what what happens, and who knows what's what's going to be. But it's all these moves are are decent moves. And yeah. the good thing is though, we don't have to worry about um, Dom Dwyer anymore because he's a trial <laughs> to Atlanta. <laughs> well, so he's trial. Yeah. So hopefully they hey, season season is short. Someone's gonna. <laughs> Someone's going to be, I mean, I mean, if, the, you know. the only safe way this doesn't happen, Rodrigo, is if Adrian Heath disappears, then you got, you can't have one without the other. I'm afraid. You know, what's going to happen is I bet you $5 that um, somehow Mr. Uh, Bruce Arenas ends up signing Dom Dwyer as a depth, depth place. Just in case Josie just doesn't, you know, needs, needs, needs some time to, to to heal that's what's going to happen and then and then and then that and and then the new england team doesn't make it into the playoffs well let's get to internationals we'll take a little break here and we'll be back with afcon final and a whole bunch of other fun stuff Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be to me because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota Football Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Minnesota Football Show. It is international news time. And let's start with a wonderful co-host, Eric, talking about international soccer news. We had the final shortly after we recorded last week, again, as tends to be the case. Uh, it was a great match. It was a nil-nil tie between Senegal and Egypt. There was tons of offense. So it was one of those games where, yeah, you didn't get any goals, but wow, there were a lot of chances and really creative uh, movements and action and just drama. Uh, starting from the very beginning, uh, in the very fourth minute, uh, I don't remember, I think it was Monty that actually went down. He definitely took the PK and... There's this amazing moment, again, fourth minute, beginning of the match, where Mo Salah walks up to the Egyptian keeper, and he's like, oh, he's going to shoot left. Make sure you go left. And he does. <laughs> and he saves the PK. It is spectacular. I love it. Love it. Love it. Um, but anyway, there was lots and lots of drama, and it was a fun match. It, goes, it went all the way to PKs. 
Um, and Senegal wins it four to two in PKs. And I'm sure at this point, everybody's seen all the photos and all the video of, of Dakar just like absolutely going bananas. It's like the first title and the first trophy they've ever had. Um, there were huge parties, obviously, in the immigrant communities in France and everywhere else as well. It was it was awesome. It was, it was cool to see Senegal win it all and good for them. And they're not done either. These two are going to now meet, I think, in a month for a World Cup qualification. So this is like <laughs> number one of the, the big Senegal-Egypt final matches. And yeah, number two for for Qatar, as it were. So anyway. Good point. Good. Uh, good on Senegal. Congratulations to all of them. Um, and we'll see what happens in the next round. I, I, I think it's still feasible. Well, no, it's not because they're going to play each other. So, yeah. So only one of two of these two teams are going to go to the World Cup, which which kind of sucks because it would be really fun to have them both there. But anyway, good on them for this one. Congrats to Senegal. Uh, Bridget, how did you feel? Uh, the, the Mane Mosala mashup, as it were. <laughs> It was entertaining. Uh, and <laughs> the whole whispering to the goalie. Uh, the uh, Incredible. Just the incredible. Uh, um, but no, it was, it was good to see, you know, obviously one of them is, is going to lose, but I think most of us were just hoping they would both get out of it unscathed and be able to return to Liverpool and, and go into the next competition. And um, I know Mo was offered some extra time off. Uh, Mane was obviously celebrating a bit for a few days, but he was back at training the other day. Um, they offered Mo some additional time off to rest, and he said, "Nope, I'm. I'll be back up on the training at rounds tomorrow." And he was right back at it and uh, ready to go for the club. So it's it was entertaining to watch. Um, I'm I'm glad that one of them ended that night very very happy and that was a huge moment for Senegal. So uh, it'll be fun to watch the next round too. Absolutely. Well. Absolutely. Uh, Rodrigo, any comments on Afcon? No. It's <laughs> a long <laughs> long lead up. For, let's, no, I mean I, I'm 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 happy that. Like I was able to watch some of these matches, right? Because in previous times, it's like pirated TV or you know delayed YouTube um, videos where like the game is ten minutes out. So I'm happy for technology for that matter. And I think I knew it was going to come down to like two big stars, and eventually that that's what it came to. But Overall, I mean. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention. Mane got the he, he makes the final PK to make it. Yeah, win he the blasted whole thing, that so. thing like. Yeah, he did. So he, he got a little bit of redemption. So go ahead. So, Sorry. So that's what I was thinking. Is like is like you know not only that but just um I totally forgot um who's the um who's the coach that totally had was dressed in like like dad gear like he was going to go. He's out grocery shopping and coming oh. back. You know, there's some guy I forget who it was, but like I saw it and I was like, "Wow, that's awesome!" But like, there were a couple of them. Yeah. There were a couple of them that were like that. And I think that's one of the things that I that I enjoy the most is just watching soccer from like a different perspective or different type of style that I've been so used to watching. And I think everything's exciting and everything's is good. So I'm hoping that it just becomes a much bigger market for next time so then that way it becomes more accessible to folks and i think at least for minnesota united and that things like having 
players who come from that area of the country to come and play will open that that fandom up of like, oh, maybe we should watch Afghan and not have to rule yeah. it out. It's just as a lesser competition than like Copa America and other things. I think there's quality in there, but the thing they only get better if they keep on playing other other teams as well too, another or another tournament. So I right. think that's one of the things. The South Africans, South Africans are going to let everybody know, man. They're going to be yelling at everybody in the the DMs and their chats. Um, like, I mean, can you imagine? Like, I would love to see, like, on regular Rabbit Ears, uh, NBC, or even if it was like Telemundo or Univision, if we could get the rights for for Libertadores, for Afcon, for AFC Championship, like all that kind of stuff. Like that, that it wasn't some obscure thing. This this one was BN, I think, right? I think it was BN. But if it was, it was just, yeah, if it was just easier, like, I, I think it'd be extremely successful. But that's just me. I'm always on the access train, I suppose. Um, let's go to the FA Cup. So I put this one in here. There's a couple big upsets. Nottingham Forest. They're in, Bridget, help me out, championship or one below? I can't remember. I think one below. Okay. So that'd be third division then. Yeah. So, so they knock out Leicester from, from the Premier League, four to one, pretty convincingly. Uh, but the, the narrative here, which, which kind of sucks, is after the, I think it was the third goal, uh, some just drunk, ridiculous, dumbass of a Leicester fan hops the barriers, passes all the security guards, and just fists flailing. Like, they're celebrating this goal, the Nottingham fans, and he's just like... Punching, 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 whoever he can hit. And it's a good, you can count like one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000 before security and people actually finally get to this guy. Like he actually lands some blows on some of these players and just like, yo, what, do your job. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good sight. Uh, but in, in the end, good on Nottingham Forest for getting that win. And then on, on the other side here, we have a big, another premiership. Oh no, Bournemouth is a championship team but fifth division Borham Wood which I'm sure all you listeners have always heard of you've always been supporting Borham Wood <laughs> they beat Bournemouth one nil they have a sweet little crest I, I really like the shield it's it, it, it almost looks like a um what do you call it like a like a car symbol like like a BMW or a, you know like you, you see this thing like on the yeah. front of a like like a car <laughs> it's cool Anyway, good on them. Fifth division over second. That's the word, hood ornament. Thank you. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, let's jump into our Club World Cup. As we talked about, this went very fast. Uh, we had the semifinal back on Tuesday the 8th. Uh, Palmeiras and Al-Ahi from Egypt, and Palmeiras handily won that match 2-0. And then you had the other semifinal, which was Al-Hilal from uh, there in Qatar where they were. And Chelsea, uh, Chelsea wins this one one nil of of Lukaku score. They had some trouble with this one. They put up the Al Hilal put up a more of a fight than I think they were expected for in that one. But that of course set up the final that we everybody was kind of predicting. Colmebol uh, with Palmeiras and UEFA with Chelsea. Before that, uh, yesterday, yes, yesterday we had the third place match and uh, Al Ahly versus Al Hilal, uh, the two Middle Eastern teams. Well. I guess North African technically with Egypt Al Ahli Al Ahli and they uh, they beat them 4-0 mostly because within 10 minutes I think it was like the 20 something and 30 something minute Al Hilal got two red cards <laughs> so they were down to nine men for the entire second half and a good chunk of the first half 
and it's kind of hard to keep it together when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, he totally took advantage and took it to him. 4-0, they get third place. And then the one that we were all paying attention to that I was watching and Rodrigo, I think, caught a little bit of. Uh, did you get a chance to watch this one all, Bridget? I did not. It was a decent match. Uh, Palmeiras, Chelsea. Uh, lots and lots of Chelsea possession, basically, in the first half. There was 60-some percent. And they did get more shots as well. However, it was very much like watching any really good counterattacking team. Um, uh, who, who, who were we just talking about recently? Um, Canada. Watching Canada play. When they just sit back and take it and then all of a sudden have a fast break and just like, oh, no, they're going to score this goal. And they do. That was Palmeiras. Palmeiras, every time, would put together a really quick, fast counter and blow through the Chelsea midfield. And then they were really, really lucky to not get some goals on them. Um, so nil-nil at halftime. And then shortly after half in the 54th minute, uh, Lukaku scores. But the story here is the break in the cross from Hudson Odoi on the left was beautiful. The cross was absolutely perfect. It would have been a travesty for Lukaku to have missed it because it was the most perfect setup you could possibly ask for. So good on him. Chelsea go up 1-0. Um, 61st minute. Of course, it's a Brazilian against other Brazilians. Thiago, Thiago Silva for um, for Chelsea goes up for a header. And it, it's kind of one of these. It went to VAR, but you can see that he it's like the backhand. It's not like a, the, the hand of God situation, but he kind of does like a backhand slap as he goes up. Handball in the box. Uh, VAR sees it. PK to Palmeiras. Uh, Vega from Paraguay scores it. So we're tied 1-1. And... The Palmeiras Torcida, the, the supporters, far outnumbered the English supporters. Like, it may, it may as well have been a Palmeiras home match. Like, they were loud, very, very loud, and especially cranked it up for this one as well. Um, Pulisic comes in in the 70, in the 32nd, rather, and gets, gets a couple shots off. I put in there in the 72nd. Uh, 77th minute, a name that you two uh, co-hosts and listeners are all well aware of, Atuesta. He makes his, I believe this is his Palmeiras debut. He comes in uh, towards the end. Um, match fish match ends, rather, 1-1. We go to extra time. We go to one extra time. Also, pass all that back and forth. I'm kind of blowing through some stuff here. But in the second one, there is a shoulder check uh, in the box that also goes to a, p- a penalty for Chelsea this time. And that goes to Harvey, who scores... And there's your final 2-1. Chelsea get to call themselves the World Club Cup champions. Club World Cup champions. That's it. Yay. You know, it's one of those things where it's a much bigger deal for had Palmeiras won this, it'd yeah. be oh, yeah. a much bigger deal. But I don't I don't think the UEFA teams take it with as much uh, seriousness you, as the Colmebol teams. But do you, do you think uh, Palmeiras will uh, reach out to uh, New York City FC and uh, blame them for not giving them Tati? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> It'd be like, it's because you didn't give us Tati at the asking price that we lost this. It's your fault. Oh, the cherry on top of this whole thing. I almost forgot. So as I mentioned there, Thiago Silva, does the handball, which leads to the VAR, which leads to the PK for uh, Palmeiras tying 1-1. Somehow Silva gets man of the match, which is amazing. I mean, he played okay, that's true, but he was also responsible for the goal, for the penalty kick. So, I mean... Wait, you sure that was a hey. hand of the match? Yeah. Oh, snaps. 
That snaps. Nice. Um, all right, let's do some EPL and close things out here. I didn't put a lot in here except to say that uh, the Lampard era has begun at Everton and they get a pretty big convincing win, 3-0 over Leeds. So I'm sure MJ and other Everton fans are excited. I don't know. I, I don't follow it enough to know. Oh, the one thing I, I, I did learn was that apparently, I mean, there's there's a large divide between obviously language and culture and everything between London and Northern England and all the other in between. I mean, just a lot. But even speaking politically, uh, Liverpool, I don't need to tell you this, Bridget, extremely left-wing, class-conscious city and area, right? And Lampard is a London guy who apparently came from some money and is apparently pretty conservative. I've learned this recently. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of dynamic plays. Yeah, and it's... I mean, that goes back a long time, even between uh, Manchester United, Manchester City. That's that fan base has always kind of been divided uh, between um, conservative and liberal, as well as uh, Catholic Protestants. Same thing, Liverpool, Everton. So, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff goes goes way back, and it's it's going to be kind of fun to watch how it plays out. Well, what do you think yesterday? Liverpool 1-0 over Burnley, holding steady at second in the table there, Bridget. Uh, that was this morning, actually. Burnley. Um, I missed it, but... <laughs> you were expecting I, more I chose, goals? I chose sleep this morning, but yeah, I, I was expecting more goals. Um, 1-0 was was not quite the scoreline I expected, but at the same time, it's it's three points to... Uh, to stay up there in the standings, which is at this point what we need. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be a goal fest. Uh, True. 1-0 is perfectly fine. Um, let's go farther north of Liverpool. I'll throw it to you two. Uh, you can talk about Scotland and Aberdeen and a guy we know named Christian Ramirez. Sorry, I forgot to unmute myself. Um <laughs> I was like, where's the unmute button? Uh, There's like a little standoff there for a second. I'm like, who's going to go first? I knew he had something to say right there. You can can clean it. You can clean it up. Um, Go for it. This morning, Aberdeen FC uh, confirmed the departure of manager Stephen Glass. So the person that brought Christian Ramirez over to Aberdeen is no longer there. And they also lost. Um, in the what is it, the Scottish? Is it gonna Scottish like, Cup? Thank you, thank you. Like last two to one. So, with Ramirez scoring the only goal, and so Christian Ramirez sent out an angry emoji tweet this morning <laughs> that people were like, Why is he sending it? Well, this is why because it's now, the F bomb with stars. That's what's happening, yep, just mm-hmm. in case you haven't seen it. <laughs> so, if, if you need to feel good about humanity, go read most of the comments were actually really positive. Um, thanking him for his efforts and uh, Christian thanking Christian for his efforts, um, reminding him that, you know, he did everything he possibly could to keep them on stable ground and, and there was nothing he could have done. To- so is this, is this a real threat again, kind of similar to Minnesota situation? Could he be on his way out with, if there's a new person coming in? I don't know. I mean, he's, he's one of their, best players so far and it looks like it'd be hard to to get rid of someone like that but it's also yeah i'd be more concerned if i were a defender than 
then if I were Chris. But right. But at the same time, you know, like new personnel and in, 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 in I mean, if you if you watch um, Val's uh, Instagram feed, you know, she does miss Starbucks. So maybe um, <laughs> maybe that I mean, maybe, could be that could be a thing that that, that comes back to. The only thing I can think of, I'm trying to like silver lining. If, if it is a, a potential exit with somebody new entering, maybe since he's already established there that, he, you know, he wouldn't necessarily have to come back to the U.S. Maybe there's somebody in I the mean, championship or the premiership or who knows that's looking at him. He's making his name there. He's at exactly. uh, 15 goals for Aberdeen. Uh, is it 16 all comps and like 12 for Aberdeen? I've lost track. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the running for a golden boot. Uh, right. But... I mean, it, there's always a concern that the system's going to change and that he's not really part of that system, but he's also the key element that is working in the current system. So, and he was able to score all those goals without getting great service and, mm-hmm. you know, without having a reasonable defense behind him. Um, so I, I wouldn't be too concerned. I think for him, it's more of a, you know, he, he's feeling comfortable uh he's happy uh and this kind of it it's just another change to adapt right and the supporters love him like i I love watching this i mean the the chance they create all these chants for him like it's beautiful yeah yeah i I think he's enjoying his time there and you know i think his family is, is is embracing you know this part of their life and i love watching their updates of where they go to travel everywhere i mean like that's probably you know who I mean you're in you're you're in that part of the world everything's more accessible to go places that you always wanted to go to so I'm more than likely I'm a Bridget like I don't think anything would truly happen but when there's changes like this there's also changes of strategy changes of everything so who knows what will what the future will lead to but um, you know I don't I don't I don't I can't see him coming back to the MLS at this point like I think he's He's made enough of be able to travel around and, and be able to have accessibility to other types of leagues. And if that's what he wants to do, then that's that's fine, I think. But right yeah. now, yeah. He went over there for that, like that mm-hmm. experience, not necessarily to go over and score 20 goals, but, you know, to have the experience of playing internationally and, and in particular in Europe. Um, and he's he's experiencing every moment of it, not just you know the career playing aspect. They're they're traveling when they're uh, when he's not in training. They're they're traveling. They're seeing the sights. They're eating the food. They're you know meeting supporters um, and kind of learning about the area and and the nation as a whole. Um, and I I think he he'd maybe continue that you know and not just you know go to a club in a place where he's comfortable like say California or you know or Texas again Mm -hmm. um yeah I don't I don't really see him you know doing all of that and then coming back to MLS but uh they they like him there they appreciate him there he's happy and yeah I mean the system's gonna change but I I think they'll find a way to if if not keep him with Aberdeen, I think they'll find a way to keep him around there. That's good. I like it. I like it. So we put a positive spin in at the end. That's, that's a perfect segue into our good news ending segment that I really enjoy. I'm glad this has kind of become a new thing we're doing. Um, 
you all both contributed a couple things. Uh, we're, we're talking about the power couple formerly at Orlando. They went to, they go to Washington? Which team did they transfer to? Oh, New York, New York. Yeah. Whoever wants it. Um, they, their, their baby celebrated a year. Oh, I think baby's Gleason, right? Or um, if I'm getting that correctly, I always, I'm bad with names sometimes, but yeah, their baby celebrated. Uh, sorry. It's slow, slow, Sloan, Sloan. Sloan. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I think I was thinking about Amity Wombox. So. Anyways, they had a birthday party, an amazing first day birthday party, and the pictures from it just like it's the cutest thing. Like baby smiles. I mean, having parents like that and literally having a party at the club. It's just probably, you know, taking, you know, you know, tearing it up in the club and all new kinds of sense. So that's, 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 that's wonderful news. Congratulations to the parents. Congratulations to the power couple. Congratulations to the baby. It's, you know, enjoy it. I have, you know, Isa actually just, um, you know, it's going to be, she's going to go to college. And so it's crazy. Hello. I still remember her being that tiny. So, yeah. Right. But the new thing in this household is um, because Isa does have a boyfriend um, that um, Nubia and Santi, I found a YouTube uh, link that pretty much um, repeats the whole uh, scene of Encanto where they announced that Isabella, your boyfriend's here. So every time he comes... <laughs> That's hilarious. So every time the boyfriend comes over, they play the Isabella, Isabella your boyfriend's boyfriend here. And that's Amazing. just a funny joke. So that's I figured perfect. that'd be part of the the, the the good news and the fun thing to do with the end show with. That's great. Uh, let, let's And finally, with this, with some Olympic, uh, we haven't talked about the Winter Olympics very much, but you all wanted to bring up uh, a couple highlights. Uh, Bridget, I'll go to you first. Uh, speed skater. Yeah, Erin uh, Jackson is the, she won gold this morning in the 500 meter uh, race. Erin uh, is the first black woman to win a, a medal in the Winter Olympics. Um, she actually, it's been kind of a feel good story the last couple of months. She, she slipped um, in the, her trials race. Uh, and missed out on on making the team but her opponent in that race uh, was already on the team for a different distance and actually gave her spot um, for the 500 to Aaron Um, so Brittany Bow gave her the gave her the chance to get that Olympic moment she's been racing for uh, only a couple of years she was an inline skater um, like roller skating uh, (laughs) until like the last year or two uh, and she switched to ice um, wow so they Brittany Bode you know gave up her spot Jackson got her got her chance um I saw some of the prelims and you know she seems she seemed nervous and and like maybe it would maybe it would end up being just you know an Olympic experience and not coming home with the medal which um which is also awesome but uh she skated a good race. Her her face when she realizes that her time got her the gold medal is is incredible. So I mean, go go find those videos if you can. Um, she's 
just a great human in, in general, um, that whole team in general. But uh, she says that school is her hobby. She's been, she has like three associates degrees. She skates and she studies. Um, and That's you know, she is, she is set up for her future after skating. She's college age, um, young woman making history and just, you know, one of many historic moments in these games. Badass, very badass. Uh, Rodrigo, you want to talk about the uh, Mexico Minnesota connection? No, actually, I wanted to talk about the uh, the Mexican figure skater Donovan Carrillo, who actually was. Um, was I'll take the other to, one then. You take this one. Yeah, we'll take the uh, who qualified for uh, being in the Olympics with literally just being able to practice at like. There's no competitive leagues in Mexico. There's nothing really to be able to do any of that. He practices at uh, at a at a strip mall um, ice rink that they may they, he he's asked us to. I mean he's he's ridiculed and shamed for picking this sport, and then just he's done so much this this um, this Olympics or accomplished so much in a sense, right? That he wanted to go to the Olympics is now um, he's he's qualified to the, you know, rounds of the, of, um, of the free skate. Right. And so I don't know what the, um, when that's, that's already happened, but just the fact that he's able to do that with all the, um, with all the, with all the things that are going around around him and yeah. Did, did he have some homophobic attacks in Mexico too? Yeah. 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 So. He's had, so it's, it's just, you know, and because, and he's just stay strong and, and, and being successful. And I think that's one of the wonderful things that, that I, I really loved about this aspect of the Olympics, but I'll let you take the, the last one, Eric. Good for him. That, yeah. That, uh, go that ahead. did already happen. That's the one, uh, Nathan Chen, the American won gold. Mm. Oh, okay. So he, he lost, but he is, um, he is still being celebrated quite a bit for like, you know, for being there and for, for uh, being that representation. Right. And the fact oh, yeah. that, you know, there's no, there's no competitive, leagues he can be in or anything like that so he just has to practice yeah. i mean that's a that's awesome so i mean that that segues into mine uh again with mexico uh we have a cross-country skier that lives in i want to say richfield minnesota it's, it's one of the yeah one of the burbs around here and yeah he, he was a runner and at, at some point after immigrating here he put some skis on and fell in love with it and he had that conditioning from running and Say, hey, I think I can maybe represent the country in the Olympics. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> and so for the first time ever, there's a Mexican cross-country skier in the Winter Olympics and lives down the road in Birdsville, which is which is kind of a wild concept. And it's it's kind of running parallel to somewhat what's happening in my household too, because I had a runner that put on some skis for the first time and had that good cardio. And we, we've been joking around with the coaches. In theory, it's still a long ways out there, but you know, five, six years isn't really that far. He could compete for three different countries if he wanted to. So who knows? One of the things I was excited really about, um, about uh, was, and I didn't get to watch it. It was watching the Jamaican bobsled team and the Luda bobsled team because like I got introduced to bobsledding, unfortunately, through the Disney movie, Cool Runnings. And I don't know if anyone remembers that movie. I think, Classic, I think that's how everyone gets introduced to bobsledding. Correct. 
that's the only way to get introduced to Bob Slutty. Uh, so like I, I was looking forward to be able to do some of that stuff. So there's some really good field stories in the Olympics. There's some really weird ass stuff as well too, like um, the whole how like the whole COVID bu- bubble thing that that they did this whole thing. Like I don't know if ever, any of you ever listened to the Daily, but the Daily has an episode on this whole Olympic COVID bubble thing, and it's like really, really interesting and it, really scary. It's kind of disturbing. Time. Yeah, it's scary mm-hmm. too. At the same time, I was like, yeah. Bridget, uh, you got cut off a little bit. Do you want to finish your thought on cross country skiing? Yeah, my internet crashed again. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying it. It's been kind of interesting watching those races and hearing the the commentary. A lot of them are are coaches who say you know you get these athletes who are runners or you know other other sports who say hey like i'm looking for something to do in winter i i think i can ski and they're like okay sure let's get you on skis and and see what you can do and and then three years later they're in the olympics and and it's you know it that's kind of how you get into um any ski sport but it seems like cross country especially and so you get a lot of cool stories about people who come from, you know, unlikely backgrounds, whether it's uh, Mexico, uh, countries where you don't see snow or skis or, um, and just kind of the journeys that they've taken to get there uh, is really interesting to hear. Every single yep, one yep. of them seems to have, you know, some kind of crazy backstory. Yes. So represent your country from wherever you're from. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, even Watch if you don't Olympics. have the cold. Watch the Olympics. It's fun. Bigotes. Um, bigotes. He's he's a cute little stinker. He's taking a little napper right now. Which oh, means yeah. he will be devouring my socks in about an hour. Are you gonna go? Um, are you gonna go pee on in, in 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 his pee pad, and then that way makes you the alpha? The pee pad. <laughs> I think, I'm not even gonna respond to that. <laughs> That's the show, folks. That's the show. Folks. That's the show. Thank you, Bridget Rodrigo, as always. <laughs> Listeners, thank you as well for putting up with us. Uh, we got the patreon.com backslash MN football show with lots of bigotes content. I think I've got at least probably five minutes worth that I'll maybe put up there. Um, yeah. And we will be back next week. We'll have some more wrap on the uh, preseason. Maybe we'll get Rob in here. It'd be fun to hear, hear his uh, opinions, what he saw. And yeah, things are coming fast. MLS two weeks and everything else. That's all I got. Hand warmers, baby. Hand warmers. Mm, definitely. <laughs> I'll tell you what